This is the Gordon Damer Show. If tomorrow Aaron Rodgers called up the Jets and said, you know what, I've had some second thoughts and I'm going to decide to retire, would they be better off or would they be worse off? The, the hope that you have for next year is that Rodgers comes back, is Aaron Rodgers, and away you go. In the short term, yeah, but you think about it. They would clear, I think that they would clearly have second thoughts about keeping the offensive coordinator. Like the moment Aaron Rodgers leaves, Nathaniel Hackett will probably leave as well. He's obviously a liar and a, a narcissistic con artist who is bad for everything he touches, and I think ultimately the Jets will pay the price. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. It is that time, people. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Every single week during the NFL season, every show, every website comes out with their power rankings for the NFL. We do things differently here on this show. Everybody else is trying to figure out who's the best, who's number one. I want to know who's the worst. So we've come up with not the power rankings, but the polar opposite of power rankings, the poop rankings, if you will. Not who's the best, who's the worst. And we've also combined this week the poop rankings with receipts. Before the NFL season, we gave you the opportunity to make your bold predictions for the NFL year. And we tracked them. They're receipts. We have them written down. And these are the five worst. And there were a bunch of bad ones. Now, I predicted the Dolphins would finish last in the AFC East. That obviously turned out to be wrong. But others were even more wrong. So let's count them down. The five worst predictions on the Gordon Damer Show. And let's start at number five. I'll just state the obvious. For me, the Chargers will actually win a playoff game this year. All right, that is Harvey, of course. He predicted that the Chargers would win a playoff game. Harvey, what do you have to say for yourself? Well, look, I bought into – this is going to sound awful coming from me. I bought into the fact that the Chargers made the playoffs last year. We're going to at least stay on the same path, if not probably win a few more games this year. But then I forgot that they started Brandon Staley as their head coach. So yes, that was they a- did make the playoff. Though, although for Charger fans, I don't know if they necessarily if you would have told them you're going to make the playoffs, but you're going to blow a gigantic lead and lose to the Jaguars. Do you still want to do it? And that was the major upset of the of their season. Not that they failed to even make the playoffs. It was that they kept the head coach after that disastrous playoff performance a year ago. For all the people who talk, oh, you got to have patience. Sometimes no. Sometimes when you know it's wrong. You got to move on. So, number five, Harvey predicting the Chargers win a playoff game is number five on the poop rankings. I'll do it again. Yes, give it to me one. There you go. All right. So, number four on the poop rankings, the polar opposite of power rankings. Rankings. We have Daniel Jones will end up being better than Dak Prescott this year. And he will be he will be a top ten quarterback. Do you think just to try to put this in a more succinct way, do you think Daniel Jones will get any MVP votes this year? Yeah, I would say so. All right, so that is our buddy Column in the Bronx. <laughs> Number four on the polar opposite of power ranking, seeing Daniel Jones would get MVP votes this year. That and that's only number four. 
Oh my goodness, can you imagine what the top three are? We have started strong, people. The Chargers didn't even sniff the playoffs. And Daniel Jones did not sniff any MVP votes. But that's only number four. So column in the Bronx, number four on the polar opposite of power rankings. Number three, I think we have to go to Lee in Harlem. Giants is going to win the NFC East and the road to the Super Bowl is through MetLife Stadium. Wow. Yeah, that was a stinkeroony there by Lee in Harlem for sure. The Giants are the number one seed in the NFC, not even just winning the NFC East. That would have been, after week one, that one was out the window. But yes, Lee and Harlem, the Giants did not win the NFC East, and they certainly were nowhere close. They were closer to the number one pick than the number one seed. So Lee and Harlem, number three on the polar opposite of power rankings. Now we get down to the heavy hitters. This is where the rubber hits the road. Other things hit the fan. We have no, it, This was a debate. I didn't know who was two, who was one. It was very close. But number two, our first runner-up, if you will, Anthony in Levittown. I think uh, with Lamar healthy, J.K. Dobbins leads the league in rushing with over 1,800 yards. <laughs> Did J.K. Dobbins get through a game? Didn't he get hurt in the season opener? I think that was in the season open. I believe he got hurt in the first quarter of the season. Yeah, he didn't have 180 yards, never mind 1,800 yards. He barely had 18 yards. Now, Anthony in Levittown, he he was going out, he was doing something a little different. He didn't stick to Jets, he didn't stick to Giants. And I I guess in terms of of the Ravens' expectations this year, he he was kind of close on that, right? The Ravens are going to be really good, so let's go with J.G. Dobbins. But unfortunately, Anthony in Levittown, number two on the polar opposite of power rankings. So that leaves the number one spot. Who could it be? It be Matt in Troy. Just want to get on the record. Uh, Danny Dimes wins the MVP. Giants win the NFC East. I, think, I don't know. There was a lot of people who were wrong. I don't know that anybody was more wrong than Matt and Troy. And to kind of make it worse, we like other people, Column in the Bronx, he was wrong, but we've heard from him again. I think we've heard from Lee and Harlem again. I don't know that we've heard from Anthony and Levittown again, but we've never heard from Matt and Troy ever again. So that tells you that he's like underground as a, ba- as a result of his terrible prediction that Daniel Jones would be the MVP of the NFL, and that the Giants would win the NFC East. So Matt and Troy, wherever you are, wherever Troy is, you are number one on the polar opposite of power rankings. All right, so there you have it, the polar opposite of power rankings. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe we can do it next week based on uh, who has the worst performance of the week. I, I have a feeling I know what team it is going to be, but we'll see if we can continue on with these. Yeah, I think we – yes, I am going to be betting it all later today on a specific team, but we'll get to the NFL picks in a little bit. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go to uh, Shelton. Shelton is in Staten Island. What's going on, Shelton? 
Good morning, Damer. Uh, thanks for your time, and hope the uh, first couple of weeks of the new year are treating you well. Long-time Vegas, long-time Raider fan. I am uh, very happy with the job that AP and uh, Sean. It's obvious that the players are bought in, and they they love him. I do have concerns that Mark Davis might drop the ball like he did two years ago with Rich Basaccia. Uh Your thoughts? And number two, um, Aiden O'Connell has shown flashes at the quarterback position, but depending on where the Raiders fall in the draft, do they go out and draft the quarterback? Thank you, and have a great day. Well, Shelton, I would say the, the fact that the, they botched it with Basaccia a couple of years ago, I, and I don't know necessarily that he would have been that much better, but I don't think that they can make the same mistake twice. Like it was clear that the team had good mojo under him when they made the playoffs and they beat the chargers in that, that basically play in game to get into the postseason. Uh, so I would think it would be a ama- if the Raiders don't give Antonio uh, the job, Antonio Pierce, the job, I, 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 I can't believe that that would be the case. Now they might have to go through, and rightfully so. Go through go through the, the different list of candidates. And, and maybe if there is a candidate out there, I don't even know that there – I think that, that, that Antonio Pierce is the perfect guy for that job. I, I guess if Jim Harbaugh said, hey, I want to come to the Raiders, maybe that's the way you go. But outside of something really shocking happening, I think that uh, Antonio Pierce is, is going to be uh, the head coach there for sure. In terms of the of, of the Raiders' future, well, I, I'm pretty sure that Aiden O'Connell is not the long-term solution at quarterback for the Raiders. So as we get closer to the draft, I'm sure we'll get more. They got to figure out what their long-term solution is. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be him. That's That much is for sure. Let's go to, is it E. Frank? E. Frank in Astoria. You're next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Yeah. I just want to talk a little bit about the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, Buffalo build uh, playoff uh, wild card game. Okay, you know, I have a good feeling that even after all those things that the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers went through, uh, I think I have a good no- uh, notion that perhaps uh, there's going to be a lot of offensive tricks from the Pittsburgh Steelers that no one's seen before, and they're going to win the game. And I want to make a prediction: it'll be 45 to 17 uh, Pittsburgh. I've usually been right about those things, but I've seen Pittsburgh this season suffer. Uh, and lament all their ills, and I think maybe they, they deserve a little bit of, uh, of prize by winning this wild card game. All right, E. Frank. Well, that is a bold prediction. And uh, Joe Leo, if we could print a receipt on that. Oh, it'll be printed. That's printed for sure. a receipt. The Steelers are going to go into Buffalo today and win forty-five to seventeen. That that is a bold prediction. Now, based on how the receipt, one of the reasons why we stopped doing the receipt segment was it kind of felt like we were costing ourselves return callers because people were so wrong. They weren't they weren't ever calling the show again like that, the, the kid Matt and Troy. We've never heard from Matt and Troy again based on on his receipt. Now, E. Frank, I, I, I heard E. Frank before. It's an unusual name, E. Frank. So that's why it stands out. And as someone with an unusual name, that's I feel the connection. But I'm guessing based on Steeler 45 to 17, I think that there's a better chance we never hear from E. Frank ever again. Is, is that fair to say? And I would just say if you wanted to, if you really believe that the Steelers plus, what are they, plus 370, plus 380 on the money line right now, you could 
You could be a millionaire by midnight. You might be able to hold football games on the app that you create with all your winnings from betting the Steelers today. Hey, I have to download the eFrank app to be able to watch this playoff game. The guy won a ton of money betting the Steelers last year. He created his own app and now has given the NFL $100 million, so we all have to watch it on eFrank. Richard is in Manhattan. Richard, what's going on, my friend? Gordon, you know, I laugh at all the Jet fans that said, oh, why didn't we call Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco would have gotten killed behind that New York Yes, he would have, yes. I mean, and you know what? This may have been God's message. Uh, Aaron Rodgers might have been the best thing that he sat out this year because that defensive. He would, if he didn't get hurt in that game, he might have. Got, he probably would have gotten hurt in the game after. Their deep offensive line was so bad. That was the problem, not all these other stuff. But anyway, Gordon, you know, today is sort of an anniversary. It might have been a few days earlier. Now, we all know 55 years ago the Jets won the Super Bowl in 69. Ten years after that date was a momentous game in the NFL, and I'll give you the quick. It was a Saturday in January playoff, 79, so it's 45 years ago, Pittsburgh versus Houston. Now, Pittsburgh was in the middle of their great run. This was a first or a second round playoff game. Houston is driving, and Pastorini throws a, uh, to a, a wide out Mike Renfro. He's in the end zone, catches the ball. The refs rule that he was out of bounds with two seconds left. The reason this was significant, I'm sure they had instant replay on TV, but I remembered the outrage. That was the first game, in my recollection, in NFL-AFL history where there was outrage of a uh, call by an official where they said, ah, something has to be done. Now, I know it took a few years after before they incorporated instant replay, but that was a famous play that Pastorini to Renfro's 45 years ago and it created outrage. I just remembered that. You know, in those days, they, you know, even if you could see the replay, they didn't make it a big deal. They didn't show it two or three, four times. They didn't say the refs blew it. They certainly would say the refs were gods, like, every, you know, that kind of thing. But it was the first play, in my recollection, that the NFL re- – now, it took time. I remember there was a play with uh, – Jets with Testaverde. Yep, whether he the won. one against Seattle where he was yes, down well yes, before that the goal was line. That's, that that really kind of cemented it. Yeah, because after that, but this was the first one that I remembered that you know the announcers, mm-hmm. you know, and back then you know you couldn't criticize anything, anybody. It's not like it is today where you criticize everything. You criticize the coin toss, how the guy makes the call. But nowadays you could, and that was a big, big thing. I remember that Houston lost the game, Pittsburgh, and you know it was not even even the uh, Pittsburgh, uh, the miracle game, the uh, you know the uh, immaculate reception. They didn't know, and they didn't. Have right, they didn't have an game. angle of it. Yeah, no, no. And it was, well, I will tell you, Richard. The angle. There yeah. was no. I mean, I, I mean that wasn't the like the referees blew it or we don't now. It, it was actually fascinating because nobody knew for sure really what happened on that play. So it wasn't did they get the call correct or not? It was just you know in those days they didn't question. They didn't think of it. Well, I, it, was, it, it, it was it was kind of ahead of its time. Yeah, uh, and thanks for the phone call. Uh, I actually saw that play. I think it was on TikTok that I saw it, and then. I, I went I'm pretty sure the game itself is is on YouTube like the whole game so you could go and, and take a look and it was it did seem even with the the primitive video of 1979 it seemed pretty clear that he caught that ball in bounds but that just kind of popped up on my feed recently so I did see the play I do remember I don't I don't know I, I was 
uh, old enough to be watching that game at the time. I don't remember it that way. But, um, yeah, the, the Vinny Testaverde play is the one for me that it was so crystal clear. And that one's not that long ago that the, the video was clear that he was short well of the goal line. And uh, that was the one that kind of spurred instant replay as we know it now. And now we don't expect this call or that. We expect every call to be right. Al is in Harlem. Al, what's going on, man? <laughs> Gordon. Gordon, I am so excited. I'm doing backflips in my apartment. First of all, Gordon, let me just let you know, you mm-hmm. are my favorite sports commentator. And if I'm able to say it, Ty Butler is next in my book. I love that guy. But okay. you first, and Thank then you. Ty Butler. Okay. But the next, Gordon... Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, Gordon, the Pittsburgh still. <laughs> Everybody was down on my Steelers, Gordon. Yes. They were talking about them like dogs. Yes. Gordon. No, people like dogs. Offensive they were line. About way worse than that. The offensive line has come together, mm-hmm. and they are running that football, Gordon. Okay. Jalen Warren. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, Gordon. Mm-hmm. Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. They are going to crush Buffalo. It's going to be okay. a low-scoring game. Yeah. But Buffalo will not. And, Gordon, you know, a good defense comes about when you have a running game. Mm. That's what helps good defenses yes. in the NFL. Ground and pound, as they call it. Yes. yes. Oh, my God, Gordon, help me, please. Gordon. All right. Yeah. Well, look, Al, I, th- I appreciate the call. I appreciate the kind words. Should it like? Let me ask the guys in the studio. Should it should it bother me that the guy who loves me is clearly out of his mind? Hundred percent. He might yeah. change his pants after what he just did. <laughs> it's very kind, though. I take any any compliments are so few and far between. I'll take them any way I can. I don't care where they come from. You're giggling like a schoolgirl doing yes, backflips in there, his back. He's doing backflips in his apartment. I think that was in a figurative sense. I don't think he was literally doing backflips. They're, they're hard to do. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Be the first to admit it to you. I am not a bright individual. But at least I do not regularly fall for scams. What are is that is that what it is? Is like people in the media and sports media do such little preparation that they just oh, it said this on the computer. It must be true. Let me put it out there to all my followers. I guess that's the case. I guess that's the case. So I might be dumb, but on the on the dumb con scale, I am only at level three dumb con. I am idiotic. I'm not level five brain dead. Well, it said this on the computer. Let me take that information and run with it. Who's the source? Doesn't matter who the source is. They said it on the computer. It must be true. It's amazing. You create a phony Twitter account of a bogus picture and people don't do the the, the least bit of, of research. They just run with, oh, I got to run with this. Got to be first. What if it's not true? It has to be true. It's on the computer. Speaking of being correct, it is time to begin our quest for the perfect NFL postseason. Yes. 
Were we perfect during the regular season in the NFL? No. But that's old news. That's the past. We picked the Jets too much. That was the problem. They screwed me. I bet the Giants too much. They screwed me. But now the real challenge begins. 13 games. 13 games correct. We've never gotten a perfect postseason before. If I had, with all the amount of money I'm betting on these games, I wouldn't have to work anymore. I'd be like Bezos. But let's begin with the first game of the day. Hit the NFL music there, Harvey, if you can. Yes. It starts today at 4.30. The Cleveland Browns, the Houston Texans. Cleveland minus two and a half. And here's something I don't think I've ever said in my, my life. The Browns are the hot pick in the postseason. Has that ever happened before? It's not in a very long time. But they go into Houston, a team they beat, uh, what was it, about six weeks ago. But that was a game with no C.J. Stroud. The Texans have certainly been banged up. But everybody and their mother is on the Cleveland Browns. And the mother doesn't even want to be there, but everybody's there, so mom feels like she's got to be there too. I have several betting strategies. I am a big happiness hedge guy. I like to bet against my team, so this way at least I have money. And if I lose the money, at least I'll be happy. And a big belief that I have is when everybody goes one way, you go the other. Now, heading into the week, when I saw the Cleveland line, I was like, oh, I really like the Browns. I think that defense is going to be able to do things against C.J. Stroud. He does not do well in man-to-man coverage, and, and the Browns play a lot of man-to-man. But sometimes you're just young enough to not know. And the Houston Texans might be one of those teams. C.J. Stroud might be one of those guys. And here's the thing. The Texans are fun. I would rather be on the side of the fun, young team that doesn't know what the stakes are. They're here for the first time. Would I have preferred to be on the fun team at plus three? Of course! But it's only two and a half. But give me two and a half and the Houston Texans. We'll leave the second game for now. Let's move on to tomorrow. 1 o'clock, Bills-Steelers in Buffalo. The snow is falling. The wind is blowing. Miserable conditions. Miserable humans, those Buffalo Bills fans. Got nothing to root for outside. If the Bills lose, then they're just stuck living in Buffalo. Nobody wants that. I will tell you right now. I have the Bills. I have. I am invested in the Bills making and winning the Super Bowl. I made those bets back when they were sitting. What was it? Five and five, six and six, whatever it was, before the run to end the the post uh, the regular season and into the postseason. I'm on the Bills, but almost ten points. Mike Tomlin on the road with outside of my one fan, thinking the Steelers got no shot. Even though the Bills have won these games, it's not exactly like they've been dominated. They barely beat the Dolphins. They barely beat the Chargers. This could be one of those games the Bills come out and everything clicks. But, you know, with the Bills, every time you think, all right, now they're rolling, that's when they drive the the cart right off the the bridge. So I will take the Steelers. Would I have liked the Steelers at 10 when it was uh, earlier this week? Yes. But give me the Steelers plus 
nine and a half. We'll move on to 4.30 tomorrow. Cowboys, Packers, maybe the most interesting game of the weekend. The Cowboys have got to win. Mike McCarthy is coaching for his job, not just tomorrow, but certainly tomorrow. If you don't win tomorrow, the rest of them don't matter. The Packers, on the other hand, playing with complete house money. They're in the postseason in year one without Aaron Rodgers. Young receivers, a young quarterback, everything clicking. Now, do I think the Cowboys are going to get upset by the Packers? No. But would it shock me if I'm sitting on my couch on Sunday and the Cowboys all of a sudden fail to click in the postseason for whatever reason? Would that shock me? No, it would not. And here's the thing. I'm going to bet against the Cowboys every step of the way. And what happens is if they, if they win tomorrow and they cover tomorrow, whatever, if I'm wrong tomorrow, what I do is I just keep doubling my bets. Eventually, I'll be right. What could possibly go wrong? Give me the Packers plus the seven. If that's not the game of the weekend, maybe it's the Rams and the Lions. Certainly in terms of the point spread, that's right up there. Rams plus three on the road against Detroit. And I said before, the Browns, a team that, I don't know the last time you said, the Browns are the team everybody's on in the postseason. I said before this year, the Lions have never been good in my life. It feels like they have never been good. And now they look like they're really good. They're young. Even though it looked like Jared Goff was just going to be a stopgap at quarterback, they have won games with him, and he is their long-term solution at QB. And they are loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. But if there was one team that you wouldn't want to play in the first round, I feel like it's the Rams. They're clicking at the right time. Their offense is clicking. Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup have been uh, outstanding. And the Lions secondary has really struggled in the passing game. Now, this is game. The over-under is, I think, 52. So this is going to probably be a very high-scoring game. But the Rams are just that kind of team. And the Lions, it just feels like, wouldn't it be just perfect that the one time the Lions feel like, all right, it's finally our time. Here comes Matt Stafford back into Detroit. His offense is ready to roll. They still have Aaron Donald creating havoc. I'm going to take the Rams on the road, plus the three. And then finally, as we begin our quest for the perfect postseason, two games to still pick here. Buccaneers, Eagles, the news from earlier today, A.J. Brown out for the game. I am still going to go with the Eagles minus the two and a half. I just find it hard to believe that they're just going to collapse into this into this um, just dumpster fire of chaos when for so long it seemed like they were the team that just found ways to win. I know a lot of people around the Buccaneers. I know Joe Leo loves the Buccaneers' money line. And would it shock me if the Eagles laid another stinker, given all the stinkers that they've laid here over the last six weeks of the season? No. But I just have faith that at least for one week they're going to be able to – now, do I think that they're going to win anything beyond this week? No, I do not. But for one week on the road against a questionable Buccaneers team that I don't have a whole lot of faith in either, give me the Eagles minus the two and a half. And then that leaves just the one game, which will be, uh, of course, tonight in Kansas City. Dolphins and the Chiefs. How am I approaching this game? In the words of the great Teddy KJB from Rounders, 
I'm approaching this game just like him. What he said. I bet it all. I am betting the entire bankroll on Kansas City. Now, I got in before the the week started, until everybody else jumped on the bandwagon. The line opened at minus two and a half, and the Chiefs' money line was minus 130 when I got in. Now it is Chiefs minus four and a half, and the money line is minus 225. Here's what you need to know. As a Dolphin historian who can school the rest of you, while you were all telling me all year, oh, no, Gordon, this year's different. No, no, this Dolphins team is different. I said, yeah, uh-huh, sure, sure, okay, I'll bite. I never bought it. Never bought it because I've seen a thing or two, like the, the commercial with the insurance. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. I know a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two. When the Dolphins, last year notwithstanding, when they lost by three, when the Dolphins lose in the playoffs, they get smoked. Since their last playoff win, their average playoff loss deficit is 20 points. But how, that's, that's all ancient history. What about this year? Well, they're not good against good teams, right? They're one in five against playoff teams this year. A classic fraud team. Their point differential in those games, minus 91. Where does that stack up? Only the Giants and Washington were worse. Well, what about their playoff history, Gordon? No, the Dolphins' last playoff win was in the year 2000. How do they play on the road? Not well. How do they play in the cold weather? They don't. Are they healthy? They're signing guys off the couch, not for depth, but basically to be starters. And, oh, yeah, they're doing this on a short week, thanks to the NFL. Last game of the regular season, second game of the postseason. Thanks so much. You ever see the, the, the TV show Westworld on HBO? It was not a good show, but basically it's, it's, peop, it's in the future where people interact with robots in a Wild West theme park environment. And the robots are just there to get killed by the people visiting the theme park. The Chiefs are the people visiting the theme park. The Dolphins are the robots. Or to put it in better terms, remember when you were a kid and you'd watch wrestling on a Saturday morning and they'd always be those guys that lost every single time you saw them? SD Special Delivery Jones, Jim Powers, Barry Horowitz, Iron Mike Sharp. That's the Dolphins. The Dolphins are Iron Mike Sharp. The Dolphins are SD Special Delivery Jones. This is a lost cause. There, you can find people, you could see Bigfoot riding the Loch Ness Monster being captured by a UFO easier than you could find anybody who thinks the Dolphins are going to win this game. But actually, it's strange. I had a dream last night that the Dolphins won. I actually had a dream last night that the Dolphins go into Kansas City now, in the dream, I had a head like an orange. I don't know what that, I don't know what part of the interpretation that, but what's funny is even while the dream was going on, I knew I was dreaming. I knew it was unreal. It was not realistic. My subconscious knew. And think about all the dreams you have. Have you ever had a dream where you knew in the dream it's not real? That's very unusual. 
So I do not think that the Dolphins have any shot whatsoever. Any given Sunday, not this Sunday, because it's Saturday. So give me the Kansas City Chiefs. And how much am I betting? I... Give me the Chiefs minus the four and a half. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. I happened to, in the break, decide to take a uh, quick perusal of the old Twitter app. And I will just say this right now. We had a call from Al from Harlem, I think it was, earlier in the show, who was a uh, big fan of mine, made some, some bold statements. I will be darned if you people of Twitter are going to insult my fan. I don't have that many of them. And I stand with, I don't care how ridiculous they might sound on the air. I'm going to stand by their side through thick and thin. I am loyal, if nothing else. So I will be darned if any of you on Twitter are going to insult my fan like that. How dare you? How dare you? It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. That goes for you, Joe and Harvey, as well. Let's move on, shall we? Let's. Is that a threat? Is it a threat? Yes, it is a threat. I don't have to protect that many fans. I don't have that many. But the ones I have, I will stand by their side, at the very least. Not, not, not physically, but like on the radio, I will stand by their I don't want to get too close to some of these people. You never know what they're capable of. But he's a fan of me. I'm a fan of his. Right back at you, buddy. Let's talk about the Knicks, shall we? Because some of you people, some of you Nick fans, you, can you take a break? Can you take a breath? Can you take a rest? So the Knicks go out and they make the trade for OG Ananobi. And by all accounts, I know the, the Mavericks game notwithstanding, things have clicked pretty well. The team has a better flow offensively and, and a more defined roles for the, the, the two main scorers of the team, Randall and Brunson. Ananobi has fit in perfectly with his game defensively, his corner three, all that type of stuff. And everything just seems to be clicking at a better rate. Even though they gave up a lot of talent, it feels like structurally they are now a more complete team. They go out and they win five in a row. And before that trade, things kind of felt like a little uneasy. Because going into the season, the Knicks were not expected to, by people here back on earth, of competing with the Celtics and the Bucks and the Sixers. But while they couldn't be among those top three teams, the next three of the playoff teams in the East, they had to be in that group. Had to be. You couldn't be a, a play-in team and consider this year a success. So they go out and they make the trade, give up a lot of talent, hate to see IQ leave, don't even like to see uh, R.J. Barrett go. But everything's clicking. But when you talk about the Knicks, what do Knicks fans say? And look, I love Knicks fans. They are the most devout, the most devoted fan base by far in this city. It's not even remotely close. But you guys got to take a break. You got to take a breath every once in a while. All you, all I hear is, well, they got to do this now. They got to do that now. They got to do this now. They got to go trade for this guy. They got to go. They got to get Jordan Clarkson. They got to make the big deal. Can you, t- can you enjoy the moment? Can you sit back and just enjoy what's going on for the time being? Is there any 
uh, enjoyment of, 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 the, of the present? Or does it all have to be about the future, the future, the future? We've got to do this now. We've got to do that now. And rather than focus on what they got to do next or what they got to do in the future, maybe where your focus can be, for a lot of you, not all, but for a lot of you, is to take a step back and say, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, this Tom Thibodeau guy, he's actually a pretty good coach. He's actually knows what he's doing. He's actually got a plan. He knows what he's looking for. He knows how to institute it, how to, how to get it to work. And the, and the more that the Knicks make moves that kind of line up with his coaching philosophies, the better off the Knicks are in the long run. Because there's a good portion of the Knicks fan base that just, they, they do not like Tibbs. They did not like him when, they were, when he was hired. They do not believe that he is the guy that's going to get them to the next step. Or the next day, they are convinced that his coaching style cannot work. They are convinced that his coaching style eventually wears thin and guys don't want to hear it anymore, as if, that's, as if he's the only guy that that happens to. So maybe rather than focusing on what's next or what they got to do in the future at the trade deadline or this thing or that thing, just maybe take a step back. Sit down in your easy chair and say, hey, you know what? This Tibbs guy... I was wrong. He's actually a pretty good... Am I convinced that Tibbs is going to get the Knicks to a championship? No. I don't think the Knicks are a champion. I don't know what the Knicks would look like as a championship team. It's not this. I think they're good. I think they could be better than last year. I think that they could maybe get into a second-round playoff series and win a second-round playoff series with a a, a little tweak here or there. But in in, in the meantime, how about I get to enjoy this? Because this is not the norm. I know because the Knicks have been a good team here the last couple of years, there's this feeling that, oh, well, the Knicks are kind of stuck here. Um, they, they, they can't really move forward. They, they've been a playoff team. This is all kind of new. It's only been the last couple of years that this has been the case. Before that, they were a disaster. So they were a, a team that by the time you got to this point of the season, the season was over. Much like the Jets and Giants, and we're talking about the draft, there were, t- there were seasons, not that five years ago, where the Knicks were at this point of the season and we're already talking about the, the ping pong balls and the lottery. So sit back, enjoy what's going on, enjoy the games, look forward with, with, with hopeful eyes towards not just making the playoffs but winning playoff games and winning playoff rounds and maybe give the coach that a lot of you have, have tried to get rid of every single step of the way and been adamant, oh, he's not the right one, he's not this, he's not that, and maybe give this guy a little bit of credit. Maybe say, you know what, for the first time in a long time, we got a guy who can actually coach a team, not just bring in a superstar and make the easy move. He actually knows the finer points of coaching and can take lesser play, non-superstars, the Josh Hart's of the world, the OG Ananobis of the world, and has actually defined roles that will actually improve the team. It's not just about a compilation of talent. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to Jonathan is in L.A. Jonathan, what's going on, my man? Good morning, uh, Gordon. How's it going, man? I'm, I'm good, listening, man. And a hell of a show, but I just can't. I can't. Uh, I can't stand to call, man. How are, can you go against your own team, man? It's a pretty solid team. Let me tell you one thing. A couple of teams right here: 
2007 New York Giants, 2010 Packers, the 20, uh, 20, the 2018 Eagles. What do all those teams have in common? No one thought those teams were going to win the Super Bowl, and there they went all the way. Your team is pretty good, man. They're pretty good. You never know, but you put them really down. And I noticed too, Gordon, that you get like that with our Yankees too. When we go to the playoffs, oh, that's it. They're going to get eliminated by the Guardians. We don't get eliminated by the Well, they're going to get eliminated by the Astros. Come on, Gordon. That's pretty fraudulent of you. If I were no, you, Jonathan, it's not. Money, he, he, here's the thing, Jonathan. Why not? And, and thanks for the phone call. I am not here. If you are looking for a host or a fan who just blindly follows a team and tells you everything that team, oh, I'm going to believe. I'm not your guy. I'm going to tell you what I honestly think. And what kind, why would you listen to somebody, given my experience, if I was still that person? I am 53 years old. 53. And I have been watching the Dolphins since 1981. So for the better part of 40 years, this organization has figured out every way to embarrass me as a fan, to, to, to denigrate me as a fan, to just make my ruin holidays, birthdays, regular Sundays, playoffs, regular season. How could I have any faith that this is going to be different? Why would I have any faith that this is going to be different? After all, I'm betting my actual money. So I'm sorry if I sit and I watch and I, I'm a, a dolphin expert. And, and, and this is one of those things. You ever see people that uh, they have a title that you, you are kind of surprised by? Or like your friend is able to do like a wedding ceremony and you're like, oh, wow, how, how were you able to do that? And it actually turns out it's very easy. That's the same thing with being a dolphin expert. If you want to be a registered dolphin expert, here's all you need to know. It will end in failure. Every season will end in unmitigated failure. And as soon as you realize that, despite what the facts look like, well, despite what you might think could happen, know that at the end of the day, it will end in failure. You too can be a registered dolphin expert. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, let's uh, squeeze in a couple calls here before the uh, top of the hour and what I learned on TikTok. Let's go to Spike is in St. Pete. Spike, what's up, man? All right, good luck to you. I hope your team wins. And if you don't, you'll have uh, more money. I'll Two be quick rich. Things. Could be you... loaded. Uh, that's fine. I, would, I have a smart way to do it. I understand what you're doing to yourself. You're conning yourself. It's cool. Listen, real quickly, could you run the Knicks' next five games through the algori- algorithm standard uh, procedure uh-huh. you use? Okay, do me a favor. When you get on next time, uh, let me know the number. And I have to go quickly. I can't catch the rest of the program. I'll catch you on the podcast. I'm at the supermarket trying to get some deli. You know the way they give you a number? So, uh-huh. so I grabbed my number, and then I'm just hanging around talking to some guy. There's a lot of people there because football and all that. So all of a sudden, I hear a skirmish, and I see two guys. One guy looks like Lou Ferrigno, and the other guy looks like Les Nesman from KRP. You got the picture? Yeah, sure. So, so they're screaming at each other, and F-bombs are flying, and one guy has – they give you a little ticket. And one guy's got 96, and the other guy's got 69 turned upside down, and they're going at it. So the Ferrigno guy throws his, his wagon right into this little guy, Nesman. Nesman unloads a container of guac and what looked like a three-pound bag that opened up of liverwurst and hits the guy in the shoulder. 
So now the cops, I got to go back down to the station house as a witness to this. I mean, you can't make this up. That's crazy, Spike. You got to be careful of that deli counter. Thanks for the phone call. Um, I always find it interesting that people at the deli counter, where they where they have to have like a slice of the meat to make sure it matches their specifications, as if they have super high specifications for a slice of roast beef. Uh, let me let me taste the roast. Mm, uh, oh, I don't know. Let me uh, just get the roast beef. Get the roast beef and be done with it. All of a sudden, you have very specific dietary needs for your salami. I think you'll be fine. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Uh, Jerome is in East Orange. Jerome, what's going on? Uh, I, don't, I don't have a story as exciting as that one, unfortunately. That's okay. <laughs> but I will say this. You know what? When I think of uh, as a Knicks fan, I, 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 two things. I'm so happy we got a point guard, finally. You know, it, it seems like half my life, you know, we've been waiting for a, a better than decent point guard you know, as as a Knicks fan. Secondly, I'm so impressed with this trade. You know, it's, it's rare to me that, you know, you find a player that fits in so perfectly with our scheme, you know, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to be patient, you know, with Leon Rose, you know, and the squad because it just seems like they're taking their time, you know, and they're not rushing, they're not – you know, cracking under pressure, you know, of, of, of all of these impatient Nick fans that want to see something happen overnight. You got to take your time, you know, and pick the right guy and make sure that, you know, because Thibodeau, he's a, he's, a, he's a special dude. <laughs> Everybody's not fit to play with Thibodeau. You know no, what I mean? So, absolutely, Jerome. And look, and thanks for the phone call. It's not about making big moves. Past regimes with the Knicks have made big moves. It's about making smart moves. And I think under Leon Rose, not all of them have been perfect, but he's got a pretty good track record now of making smart move after smart move. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. What I learned on TikTok is next. It's on the Gordon Damer Show. 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. Nesman unloads a container of walk. 